from a neutral last week, if you're watching the game, it was probably the most exciting game of the weekend in terms of the rugby that was played. It wasn't great being a coach sitting in the box for the last 10 minutes, I can promise you that. I was just on my bike, I was like, I'm just going to have to go lower here because he is a beast of a bloke and just try and force him into the corner and, well, unfortunately for him, he dropped it, but, yeah, you know, we got the win and that was the main thing. Hopefully we can produce another great game of rugby. And Obviously quite tough to take in and I don't think Really, it'll sink in until probably post-World Cup. It is still a bit weird, like, we're roommates as well. And sometimes we just, like, lay in bed, we look over each other, like, what are we doing here? Like, two 20-year-olds, like, what have we done to deserve this? It's incredible to be here, just representing the country, but to be sat up here you know, leading the boys out on the weekend with the experience we've got in this squad. It's an honour. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. It's exciting, isn't it? We've moved from the sunshine of Bordeaux to the sunshine of Nice. Fans going up by train, by car, but also the motorhomes with Welsh flags draped over the back. It's quite an army. And they were in fine voice in Bordeaux. They needed to be. We won't forget what's going on back in Wales. We'll hear from a couple more Premiership clubs later. But the Wales team have spent the week in Nice after travelling post-match from Bordeaux. All that warm weather training and the build-up has certainly come in handy. It's hot and sweaty on the French Riviera. And Wales are in good form. The players seem relaxed and ready. Never mind the noise, that bonus point win over Fiji was a perfect start in the end. All change for Portugal when it comes to team selection, but still a strong side and some nice stories. We can hear now from Captain Dari Lake and first coach Warren Gatland explaining why Tulipe Falatau and Louis Rees Summit are the only two players keeping their place. I just think from past experience with Felipe, he's he's a player that uh, gets better with more game time. So just yeah, he hasn't had a lot of rugby, didn't play any of the warm-up games. So just backing him up, and with um, Lewis, same sort of situation. He's been fantastic in the last uh, five or six weeks. Hasn't missed transition. Uh, we just want to keep him playing as well. And is a message to these players that they can force their way into the team to face Australia with, with a big performance on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. And that's um, the big part of that uh, gives us the luxury of giving you know, everyone an opportunity. You know, I think there's been a bit of talk about Henry, Henry Thomas. Uh, he's, he's got a tight hamstring and so we decided not to, to risk him in this game. He was going to start. We did name him earlier in the week. And uh, we just to yourself, obviously a, a pro day on the horizon for yourself and perhaps when, when you got that knee injury at Twickenham there may have been a few doubts but you're here now and Yeah, you know, obviously it's never nice to be removed from the field early, you know, especially a week before the team is selected for a World Cup. But I think you know a lot of work has gone on behind the scenes from medical staff and from physios putting a lot of time into me to get me ready to play. So, you know, a lot of thanks to them and just looking forward to getting into it on the weekend. 
Oren, um, how do you go about eradicating dumb decisions, as you said? From experience, really, just it's a learning process. Probably the guy that was hurting the most after the weekend was Corey Domachowski, you know, in terms of the yellow card and that, and that which could have been pretty costly. You know, they had eight minutes to go on the yellow, yellow card and we had 15 uh, versus 14 so for that period. At 32-14, I, I thought we were outstanding in that first sort of 60 minutes. Game plan had worked really well effectively and then we come under pressure in that last sort of 10 minutes. Um, so just making sure that, you know, we learn from that, but we've got to be honest in terms of the way that we address the situation and some penalties that we had given away in our 22 in terms of some, some offside penalties and stuff. Um, yeah, and just making sure that we move forward and learn from that. How excited are you and how excited is Gareth Anscombe about his opportunity this weekend? We know in the past, uh, when he started for Wales, the, the success record that he's had as a number 10 has been excellent. And he hasn't had a lot of rugby, picked up a, a thumb injury when we were in Turkey in terms of breaking his thumb. He's, he's recovered from that and back in training. He's, he's looking sharp and so looking forward to that, uh, to seeing him out there on Saturday. Tell me, what was it like being on the sidelines watching that game on, on Sunday and how much were you chomping at the bit to get on or just how, prove yourself at the same time? I mean, I think it was nerve-wracking for everyone watching uh, on the weekend, that last 10 minutes. But you definitely, you know, sit and watching the boys run out the, the first game definitely uh, makes you want to go out there yourself even more. But, you know, we understand it's a, it's a long tournament and, and we're a squad of 33, you know, so it's not just the 23 that take the field one weekend. You know, it's our job to, to prep the boys for that game if you're not involved. But, yeah, watching was tough but uh, boys got the job done and, and that's what matters and we move forward on to the next one. And what's the Fiji win done for the confidence and momentum in this team especially for maybe some of the younger players who now know that they can you know do it on the on the big stage? Yeah I think uh, there's a couple of things look we were delighted with the win delighted with the, the preparation the way we prepared and like I said everything was going brilliantly for 60 odd minutes with the score line and Typical Fiji and they, Fijians, they get a bit of a sniff and they came back at us you know, really strongly in the last period. So a lot of positives and for us, some things for us to work on as well, which is, you know, it's not a bad thing too. The review stuff was some, some things that we, we can get better at in, in terms of that. You know, we send a lot of clips in as well for, I know there's a lot of stuff being said about us in terms of how unlucky Fiji were, but we've seen a number of clips ourselves to say that things were missed in the game too. So and just to get clarity on that and the referees came back to us yesterday on on those and we're in agreement with a lot of the things that we'd sent in too so you know that game's done and dealt with that it's it's past us now and the focus has been purely on portugal and then we get that hopefully can do a good job on on saturday and then move on to to australia next week chris and david starting together in the second row what you see from them as a combination and chris going forward long term yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting for them as, as young a second row pairing. You know, both the boys from Exeter. They have still only 20, so he's uh, he's got a, he's got a big future in front of him. Chris as well. You know, long term we see Chris as a as a loose forward, whether that's in the sixth position. He's an outstanding lineup forward, really quick and off the ground, great athlete in, in terms of that. You know, he's still an, an experience, and he'll continue to to grow and develop and get better, but. Uh, you know, we're really excited about those two 
for a long-term sort of future with, with Wales. And could you talk a, a little bit about Portugal, what you've seen, what you make of them, where, where the obvious threats might come from? They're kind of a similar version of Fiji. They play a lot of rugby, they've got some exciting players, they like to move the ball around. So we're kind of prepared almost in, in the same way as we're prepared against um, Fiji. There won't be a lot of, lot of changes, a few little tweaks to the, the game and the, the way that we want to operate and, and things. So, um, yeah, so hopefully, I thought um, from a neutral last week, if you're watching the game, it was probably the most exciting game of the weekend in terms of the rugby that was played. It wasn't great being a coach sitting in the box for the last 10 minutes, I can promise you that. But, you know, hopefully we can produce another great game of rugby. And um, you know, there were some pretty epic games for the first round of the World Cup, and let's hope that that can continue this weekend. Dewey, can, can I ask you what, what this all feels like, to be sitting up there about to captain your country in a World Cup match? There's a, there's a lot to take in, isn't there? All the noise around the World Cup. What, what, what you're sensing at the moment, what you're seeing, what you're hearing? Yes, obviously quite tough to take in. And I don't think really it'll sink in until probably post-World Cup, just because there's so much focus on preparing for the week and, and getting ready for games and, and then playing those games. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got five days until the next game. So I don't think really, while we're here, there's enough time for things to really sink in. But no, it's incredible to be here, just representing the country, but to be sat up here, you know, leading the boys out on the weekend with the experience we've got in this squad is an honour. And I think, you know, we're all very excited to be able to take the field on the world stage this weekend. And, you know, we're hoping to, to showcase what we can do. So a couple of youngsters with quite a lot of history making their World Cup debut together. Second row, Chris Chunza, and first centre, Mason Grady. Bearing to go this week after seeing what, what the boys, the performance the boys put in last week. So, yeah, very excited. We started in Paris and then travelled to Bordeaux. I love Bordeaux. And then watching that game last weekend was, was unreal. So I've really enjoyed it so far and can't wait for the rest of the tournament. Have you managed to get out and about and experience the cities and the, and the atmosphere in, in the towns as well? Uh, yeah, I've done quite a lot of sightseeing in Bordeaux, just on the scooters. So yeah, I haven't done much of Nice yet. And obviously, we all know as well that your brother had a pretty good start to his World Cup career as well, so it won't be bad to bag a few tries on Saturday yourself, would it? Uh, yeah, he's averaging three tries per half, so a lot of catching up to do there. Don't know whether I can do that. All right, look, Chris, similar to yourself as well. I know you a couple of caps to your name now, but the World Cup is a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it is different. You could tell just by the prep leading into the World Cup and... You know, the amount of prep we've done, I've, I've never done anything like that so far in my career. And it makes you realise how, how big of a tournament this really is and how serious this is and how serious we as Wales are taking this tournament as well. Everybody playing on Saturday is going to want to put their best foot forward to be involved further down the line as well. Yeah, that's right. Like Gats previously said, everyone's putting their hands up for their, for their jersey and fair play to him. He's given everyone a shot as well, so... Um, yeah, this would be a good opportunity for boys like me and Mace to put our hand up for the games moving forward. Your lock partner this weekend, Dav, you, you know, very familiar with each other. Nice, nice for you guys to be to be sharing the field together and, and next to each other. Yeah, it definitely is. It's um, it is still a bit weird. Like, uh, like we're we're roommates as well, and sometimes we just like lay in bed, look over each other, like, what are we doing here? Like two twenty year olds, like 
what have we done to deserve this? And yeah, it's, it's still a bit surreal at the moment, but I think um, after this tournament, we'll look back and we'll be glad we did it together. Chris, uh, every single rugby player has had a journey to get to international level. You At the World Cup now, considering where you've come from, geographically and metaphorically, um, how do you reflect on the fact that you're here now? It's a bit of a very surreal, like I said, considering in 2010 I didn't even know what rugby was. And, you know, four years ago I was saying I'd love to go to the next World Cup. I was with Mason actually four years ago. We were going to um, well, in a Wales in the 18s tournament in South Africa and we were just like, oh, it'd be, it'd be class to go to the next World Cup and now we're here. So it is still a bit, I feel like I'm living a dream at the moment. So again, like I said, after all of this, I'm sure we'll look back and think, wow, like that, that was really good. And, you know, I'm just happy to be here and I'm trying to enjoy every moment so far. And what about your family in Wales or your further family in the DRC? There must be some people who still don't really know what rugby is. Yeah, they, yeah, they haven't got a clue. Even my family that come to the current games now, they haven't got a clue. They're just like, "Where's Chris? Where's Chris? Oh, good job, <laughs> good job. You did something well today." But again, they don't know the rules. They just. But I'm glad they can come and support them. Well, you referenced that game well, four years ago. I've looked on the internet and I found that both of you competed in an under 15s high jump competition against each other. Do you remember that? I think he. Uh, I think he battered me. <laughs> so that, that's what I talk about. <laughs> uh, Chris won, won that day, did you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, how much has that high jump and athletic experience sort of been a part of your bedrock? Warren Gatland spoke about your ability in the lineup, etc. Do you think that athletic ability has helped you? And then maybe Mason could pick up at the back of that because you played basketball for Wales as well. You know, you, you guys are pretty well rounded in terms of your sporting abilities. At the time when you're younger, you don't really realise how little things like that shape you as a as a player later on. Uh, little stuff like high jumps. At the time, I didn't know that was going to help me in my life with my lineups because I wasn't really playing rugby properly at the time. You know, throughout the years, you look back and you think, you know what, all those explosive lineout stuff come from maybe the little stuff I did when I was younger. And you don't really realise that when you're younger that what you're going to do is going to help you later on in life, really, which is. Um, what I say to, to boys my age who haven't really kicked on that everything they're doing now and everything they did a few years ago really is going gonna, is gonna to help them down the line. Maybe they just don't know it yet. Question for both of you. are talking about conversations four years ago, but you, the two of you and um, Dav and Joe were in Italy last summer. You talked before about talking then. Joe obviously has gone his different way. But the other three of you here, can you give a picture of what those conversations were, where you were having them, what they were like? And, yeah, how much you, you look back now? I remember just having food with the boys and we were just like, oh, it'd be class if we could go to the next World Cup. It was a, a long shot away because it was only Chris who had his, his cap at that, at that time. And then from there, it's just... It's gotten spiralled out of proportion. All had our first caps and all got into the... Oh, apart from Joe, unfortunately. Um, and all got into the World Cup. It's pretty mad to think that we had that conversation about a year ago. A year ago, if we, if we said, you know, we're definitely going to come to the World Cup, no, no one would believe us. We were just talking in a conversation, just, you know, thinking out loud. And I think we're all really grateful for the opportunity we've been given. It is an opportunity, you know, to play uh, arguably the biggest rugby stage. So I think we all just got, got to take this opportunity with uh, both hands, really.
I just ask you both, when you're singing the anthems this weekend, what you're thinking about, if you're thinking about anything. Are you, are you going back to your family, home, or are you just looking ahead to the matter? Just keen to know what's in your head when we're watching that moment on Saturday. I don't know, it just kind of hypes you up. You're just looking forward to the game and it gets you, uh, it gets you really riled up to, to go out there and represent your country. So it's, it's a pretty proud moment to sing the national anthem in front, especially the the Millennium Stadium. And it's, uh, yeah, it just riles you up and you're ready to go after it. For me, when singing the anthem, I, I probably think about I started playing rugby a bit later on in school and if it wasn't for the people I met in school I probably wouldn't be here right now either so when I sing the anthem I just I probably I think about the, the people who helped me along the way and mainly mainly my school friends because I started playing because of them my school coach Steve Williams again he he, um, he took me under his wing and um, yeah I wouldn't be here for, if it wasn't for those people so I probably think about the people who put their time into me. What's your role? What do you see your role as this weekend and how might it differ from those times that we see you in the back row? I got given a very good advice and it was, they picked me for what I did, what you do at your club. I played back row at my club up in Exeter and for the reason they picked me for that, then why would I come here and change the reason they picked me for? So I think if I play as a back row in Exeter and they like me for that, I'm going to come here and be an athletic second row and play like a back row as well which pretty much is push hard and hit hard. So. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. At the other end of the experience scale is back rower Dan Lydiot. So what was it like watching on at the end last weekend? It wasn't great. <laughs> no, obviously um, it was an exciting game and the boys dug really deep to, to get the result and obviously like we're chuffed to get the win but then on a personal note you're absolutely gutted that you haven't been in the trenches with the boys to dig out that win but no it, it puts us in good stead getting a win your first game of the tournament is brilliant and that you know leads us into this week it was, hopefully we can pick up momentum as as we go through the weeks now. Yeah, there's obviously almost a completely different team on to take the field on Saturday. Does this group kind of now take on that pressure of building on what happened on Sunday? Because it was it was the perfect start to the tournament, really. When you look at the five points you picked up. Yeah, I think for all the boys that wasn't involved, um, they're just really itching and excited to get out there and play in this tournament. You know, the boys, like you said, put in a hell of a shift on the weekend, and you know, for us boys that are selected now, it's it's our opportunity to. You know, represent the jersey and, and keep that momentum going. You know, it's a big squad effort. We tried to prep the boys as well as possible last week for the, the Fiji test. And um, vice versa, the boys that are, played the first game that are not involved in this uh, game, they're prepping as well to, you know, to go out and, and take on uh, Portugal. We've just been speaking to Chris, who said that in 2010 he didn't know what rugby was and you were already a captain international by that point. What's it like? having the youngsters around the squad in this campaign. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Yeah, it, it goes so quick, doesn't it? I remember in 2011 going to my first World Cup and here we are sort of 12 years later and it's gone in the blink of an eye. But no, the enthusiasm that they bring, work ethic, 
that is brilliant and you know a lot of these boys will be there'll be a lot of nerves on on the weekend but excitement as well and you know they got you know obviously massive futures ahead of them they're just probably the advice I'd try and give them is try and uh, enjoy it because sometimes you get so focused on the you know doing your job and that um, you don't always get a chance to appreciate where you are um, you know the game against Fiji you know I was just warming up but just looking around the stadium and uh, Tulupe Falatau walked out just before the game with me and he said you know he spent probably the last couple of World Cups focusing you know being in the changing room just focusing on the job not embracing and appreciating where he was so he's just just trying to take it in um, before the game it's, it's, it's very special and that. Have you surprised yourself that uh, you are here now after all you've gone through so many injuries even at an early start? Yeah I'm probably more appreciative and chuffed that I get another opportunity in the pre-season camps and that we had one-on-ones with the, the coaches and sort of feedback on how we're doing in training camps and stuff like that and Warren sort of said to me he doesn't think I'm going to be around for the next World Cup and I told him I'd come as a water boy. Yeah, just um, I think one of the biggest things is knowing that you give everything because if you weren't selected then you'd have no regrets because you give the best version of you not thinking in years to come or or maybe if I tried a bit harder and you know could I have achieved a little bit more or been selected like as long as you sort of give 100% into something then you know you can sort of rest easy at nights knowing that you couldn't have sort of given any more so yeah no it's it's my third World Cup and I'm, I'm really chuffed to be here and just looking forward to the opportunity of actually getting on the grass on, on Saturday to actually play in my third World Cup and then we'll just take it from there then. We had Mason and Chris up before saying they were talking in the 20s last summer and described it as mad the idea they would be here because of your injuries. How would you describe the idea that you were going to still be here 12 years after 2011? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I think Gat said in the press conference then this, you don't focus on like what's going to come up in the next couple of years. You just concentrate on the here and now. And I've learned that pretty quick in my career, thinking, oh, if I'm involved in this game and that game, and, you know, injuries have hit me. So it's just focusing on the here and now and just, you know, get through training tomorrow and then you can sort of feet up, look forward to the game then. But four years ago, I wasn't selected to go to a World Cup. So you think, oh, is your time done then? But you just sort of keep your head down and keep cracking on. And what will be, will be. If you're, if you're good enough, you'll get the opportunity. And if not, then it's not through a, a lack of trying. So uh, just grateful to be here, to be honest. This is a bit of a chance to stake a claim to play against Australia, who've played a big part in your international career. Just say how much it would mean to face Australia again and might be your last World Cup? Not thinking about that at the minute, just obviously um, just looking forward to the challenge on the weekend and then what will be will be sort of thing. But um, no, it just, um, yeah, we just focus on the here and now. You've played games like this before against a side that you are, with respect to Portugal, expected to beat. Does anything change about your preparation and, and how do you manage the intensity of a game like this, maybe a side you don't know so much about? Yeah, obviously, we've done an analysis and, and sort of tried to identify threats. But it's, it's obviously approaching each game sort of similar to what we do every test match. 
You know, we focus on what we need to do, look at the threats that the, the team's going to show against us and hopefully we've covered everything off and, and not get any surprises. But, you know, we respect everyone that we play against. But a lot of the time it's just making sure that we focus on what we need to do to get the result and especially from last week, take the, the learnings from last week and implement it in, into this game as well. The person with the best view of all the final drama was Wales wing Louis Rees-Summit racing across to try and stop Semi Rodrada. Had he caught that final pass? We've got a lot to improve and, you know, Portugal next, we know they've got great back, so it's going to be a tough game. But, you know, we've got a game-by-game -game mentality and, you know, that's how we'll, that's how we'll focus. What was the end of the game like? You know, the last few seconds, you had a pretty good view <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal. <laughs> I was very stressed being on the wing, put it that way. Um, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was very tough. You know, they're a very physical team and went down to the 82nd minute. Um, we had to dig in and, you know, thankfully we won. When you saw that ball go in the air, what was your feeling? Oh. As in go over to... Yeah, I was, I was just on my bike. I was like, I'm just going to have to go lower here because he is a beast of a bloke and just try and force him into the corner and... Well, unfortunately for him, he dropped it, but yeah, you know, we got the win and that was the main thing. But it's also a big step forward. You've got Portugal next week. Everyone expects you to win that, but you've got to make sure that you train yeah, well yeah. this week. Yeah, 100%. I mean, as I said, it's a game-by-game -game mentality. You can't slip up. We respect Portugal and we know they've got some great backs, so we're just going to have to train hard this week and, and hopefully get the job done next week. So, plenty of excitement in the south of France, but the Indigo Premiership is underway in Wales. Let's hear now from a couple more clubs. Ryan Evans, Neath RFC. What's feeling Neath going into this yet? Feeling of excitement, perhaps not apprehension then, but obviously we've we've been away from the Premiership for the last couple of seasons. So I would say overall feeling of excitement and just really looking forward to being back where we belong. What's feeling in the town about this season? Then? Oh, again, excitement. When Neath RFC are doing well, the town benefits. You know, we get more people coming to watch and. Um, to be fair to our social media team, they've been really good in sort of promoting this season and um, there's definitely a bit of a buzz around the place. Because what have the last few years been like in Neath? I won't lie, it has been difficult. You know, there was a stage where Neath were potentially going to be thrown out of the league because of financial problems and not being able to fulfil fixtures. So there's lots of people that have really helped the club bring it to back where it belongs, you know. So um, it's been a difficult couple of years and it's just nice that for the for the town, for the club, the community, that we are back in the Premiership and back where we belong, as I, as I mentioned earlier. In terms of recruitment, in terms of strengthening, what have you been able to do in order to take that step up? I wouldn't say our recruitment drive has been huge because um, I think, in all fairness to Patrick Organ, our head coach, he's wanted to keep a core of those boys who have taken us up because at the end of the day, it's, it's those boys that... We've worked together to get from the Championship up to the Premiership, so I think it's been important that we've kept a large majority of those. You know, we have recruited in some positions, you know, off the top of my head, under pressure, you know, but, uh, you know, David Howells has come in, ex Welsh International, uh, ex pro, Neath RFC, he's played at Neath RFC when he was a youngster, so he's come in, he's brought in some experience, and I'm sure that, you know, he's one to watch out for. We've got Kieran Charles in the centre, he's come from Swansea RFC. Um, we've signed um, a Slavera captain, Ben Williams, someone who's sort of come from the championship and already he's made a huge statement. Joe Hutchins, Knetli, centre, again, someone who's got that premiership experience. So, you know, we, have recruited, we haven't recruited loads, but we, we've certainly, and I would say that we've got two or three youngsters who have come from the school 
schools and colleges league like Eglant Tavs and have come in and uh, are really hungry and I'm excited to see those players play as well. Patrick Horgan, obviously someone with a link from the, the better years of the past. How, how big a role has he played in getting you back to where you are now? Oh, huge. To be honest with you, I, I, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing it really. I think that, you know, he is... you. you he bleeds black, literally, you know, you cut him in half and he's neath RFC and I think that to have taken the club from the very pits, really, to where it is now, you needed someone who was an out-and-out neath RFC man and, you know, he's, he's a great motivator, you know, you, you, he gets the best out of you and, um, no, I don't think it could have been anyone else, to be honest with you. Last season of the Premiership in this format, but in a funny sort of way, with yourselves back, and full back, it feels a bit more like the Premiership of old. Exactly, I remember playing for Swansea, oh gosh, it was 10 years ago now, so i showing my age, but um, Pontypool were in the league then and it's almost come full circle now where all the traditional old school, old school Welsh rugby clubs are, are back together, at least for a year then. <laughs> I'm looking forward, what's the feeling, Neith, about the changes coming coming in next year? Oh, it's difficult to know, isn't it? There's, there's a lot of things that are up in the air, but um, I think that one thing's for certain, that if they're, you know, the Elite 10 if it goes ahead, which obviously it will. We, we want to be a part of it and you know how that will look, we're not sure, but certainly I think that whatever the criteria that needs to be met, I'm sure the club will do their best to, to meet to meet that protocol. Great club, great facilities, you've got a lot going for you. I think so, and you know, the Welsh Rugby Union was founded in Neath, I think that's got to mean something as well, but um, no, you know, you look at the infrastructure at the Knoll, you look at the area, I think we have got a lot of things going for us and you know, one thing I will say is that um, Perhaps with our, you know, our wage bill isn't maybe as, as much. We're trying to be more sustainable now. I think that's the way that the club are trying to do things, and we are trying to bring in a lot of youngsters who, who are going to be playing for Neath RFC for the next five, six, seven years. So in, in, when you think of it like that, I think we have got a little, you know, we have got things going for us. You know, we've got a, we've just built a new gym. Our medical provision has had great investment. We've spent thousands on the pitch this year, so there's definitely a feeling of you know whatever changes happen, we want to be we want to be a part of it. Rhys Francis, Ebervale RFC. So what's your mood going into, into this season? Uh, a lot of excitement. Uh, excited with the potential of the squad. We really are in pre-season. It's been brutal, in fairness. Hopefully looking to progress on, on some of our success last season and then push on, obviously, for playoff spots. Is it a slightly strange season, having Pontypool relatively near neighbours, also back in the division? Oh, it's exciting. Obviously, there's a long history between Ebervale and Pontypool. Um, Two great teams, two great sets of supporters. Um, that's what a fixture you look for straight away when you see the fixture list. It obviously, it'll be an abrasive test. They've got um, obviously had a lot of success over the last few years in the championship, and they'll be looking to continue as well. So that will be one game that all the boys will be working hard to get a starting jersey for. Give us a picture of what's going on Nevervale at the moment. Who should we be looking out for this season? Obviously, we retained a lot of last year's squad, which was a real positive for us. So it was a quite an easy transition. Obviously, you had a couple of young boys come in who really put their hands up. A couple of young boys, Harry Reese, Weldon, played got cap for under 18s last year. He've um, really performed well in the last two pre-seasons. Seemed to fit in. Uh, and then you also got the likes of Owen Conqueror from Christ College, who's another young boy. Big boy, seems that he's ready for Premiership rugby as well. So looking forward to seeing how those go. Um, they fitted in really well in terms of the squad and what we're looking to do in this season. And everybody's looking ahead to next season. What's the attitude of Ebervale towards all that? 
as players is not something that we can control. It seems to be a lot of outside noise. We, we are literally just focused on the coming season. When we come in the start of the pre-season, we've got a clear plan of what we want to achieve and where we want to get. We've worked extremely hard, so our, our focus is on the next game every time. The next game for us is Merthyr. So we'll see where we are at the end of the season and then we'll start thinking about the future. But obviously, next game is the biggest one. Lots more from France next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye. For now.